Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We know from the research that the biggest predictor of a happy and long life comes down to the quality of your relationships. And as much as all we want to focus on are, you know, romantic ones, there are many important relationships in your life that deserve your intention, and your attention. So today I'm gonna teach you the five philosophies to focus on to create fulfillment, peace, and joy in all of your relationships. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Uh, You know me. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and it's really great to be here. Still just fresh into season six after my nice break and relaxation. So I'm very excited about this season. I've had so many wonderful um, suggestions from all of you about where to go and how to do it. And uh, I really appreciate that. And I'm also coming back with my YouTube lives on Wednesdays here in the in the US. Right now, they're going to be at 1230 Pacific time. And these are Ask Dr. Abby. So you get to ask me any question you want, and I'll answer it live. If you come on there, you have to be subscribed to the channel to ask a question and comment and be part of the um, you know conversation. So come on over to YouTube. It's still free. You can just subscribe. And if you're watching me on YouTube right now, please uh, subscribe and like the video. Again, the more people, it's crazy, but you know the machine. The more people that you know like and comment and subscribe and do all the things, the more uh, it's sort of raised up in the algorithm and the more people can find us and the quicker we can create world peace. So if you wanna help me, these are ways to do it. 
All right. And thank you for uh, some of the latest beautiful reviews of the podcast. I really appreciate them. Uh, someone recently was commenting like, Abby asks all the time for this and I'm finally doing it. And it was so sweet. And thank you. Yes, I do ask all the time. It is something you can do. And so please do it. Come on, help a girl out. So let's get to it. These, um, again, many questions where I find that I'm repeating myself to people, I realize should become an episode. So this happens with my clients or with all of you when you send me emails or whatever. By the way, I love your emails where you're telling me nice things. Thanks. Keep them coming. Helps my, it really does make my day when I read those things. Got to tell you. So I realized that there was five things I was talking about a lot and I'm going to give you a little more information on all of them today. All right, so let's get to it. So number one is to focus on your boundaries. This is it. Like number one, focus on the damn boundaries. And I will tell you, I don't want to talk about boundaries. Um, You know, and I've said this before. I heard stories my whole life about what a happy baby I was. (laughs) So apparently, you know, I came out of the womb smiling and never gave my family a moment's bad time when I was little. Obviously, when I became a drug addict, that changed. But before that, (laughs) when I was a little tiny person, and I have to tell you, Every pic, there's so many pictures documenting my hap- my big smile and all that. I it it's incredible. So, but what happened was a few years ago. This is a while ago now. I told a therapist that I had in the past about you know what a great baby I was, and it was definitely an in passing comment. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I was always happy as a little baby. That every picture I'm smiling. I said something like that. And you know when you do this, if you've been in therapy, you know. You know, you you say something that you think is in passing or just an aside, and all of a sudden it becomes the focus of the next five sessions. <laughs> and I know that as a therapist that happens, uh, someone's trying to tell me something and I'm stopping them. I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, because there's something else in there that's actually the most important piece. Anyway, it's happened to me too. I've, I've been on the other side of the couch, so to speak. And uh, this therapist said to me, it was crazy. She said, wow that must have been hard. That's a lot of pressure for a kid. And I have to tell you, you know, you know, the little emoji of mind blown. I, I was like, excuse me, what? Never, ever had thought of this before that how, and even having my own kids, kids are never always happy. They're just not, I have pretty happy, well-adjusted children. I have, at least so far, they're teenage, late teenagers. So, so far, so good. They really are. They're not perfect or anything, but they're pretty happy and well-adjusted. And as kids, they mostly had very stable mood and all that. But there were certainly times when they were unhappy. My Lord, there were certainly times when they cried or had a hard time. And so, you know, I somehow never noticed that that was weird that I was told that I never cried, that I always was happy that I always had a smile on my face. And again, there was all this photo documentation that I, you know, in those days we had less photos, but um, that I was. And so in our, you know, ensuing sessions, my therapist and, and I really discovered that she was right, that that was a lot of pressure for me. From the very beginning, I was set up to be these, you know, smiling good girl. I have, a, a, you know, I have, my older siblings are much older than I am <clears throat> by uh, seven years, I think, is the youngest 
closest to me and up to, you know, my sister is over a decade older than me. And, you know, that's, there was a lot of strife with all those other siblings <laughs> and, you know, all the things that were happening. I have a brother who had um, special needs. My mother had uh, German measles when he was born and there was all kinds of problems that ensued. Um, and anyway, in the family, you know, of already having other kids, it just, it wasn't, it was tough. And so it seems like, you know, when I came, my job was to be happy in the family. Somehow I knew, I don't know how, like somehow that was there. So I really, you know, was this kind of good looking girl from the outside, right? Good, good looking. I was good looking. No, you know what I mean? I was, I was a looking good girl from the outside. And that's all, that's all I ever was. I said yes and was amenable all the time. I was always willing, you know, to pitch in, to lend a hand. I could always be counted on to volunteer first or, you know, be the one spearheading things. And I, I took that, by the way, into my adult life, even after I got clean. Um, but all that looking good on the outside really came at a cost because I unconsciously learned that my own needs weren't as important as others and that my worth was tied up in being the happy girl who was always said yes. I kept that smile on my face, but really what I was doing was pulling myself farther and farther from people emotionally because I ended up feeling, of course, isolated, unworthy, and, you know, yes, culminated in a drug addiction that I hid from the world. I was also really good at hiding. I've met a lot of people from even family members from my early years who had no clue I was addicted to heroin. I hit it really well. And I was also one of those people who's very productive on heroin, which is, you know, a lot of us are very productive on opiates who are addicted to it. Um, I know you're only ever picturing people kind of nodding out or, you know, a heroin addicts sleeping in the streets, but that's not true for everybody. Um, that's not the way the drugs hit everyone. Obviously, there's after effects, you know, in the come down, just like if you, some people when they get drunk are really happy and you know, really animated. Other people, when they get drunk, get really depressed really quickly. But the aftermath for most people, if they're drank too much, is the same, right? They have a crash and, you know, it's all kind of icky. The aftermath for me, the same, um, you know, the crash and feeling icky. <laughs> so, but the bottom line is I wasn't happy when I said yes all the time. Of course I wasn't. In fact, I was angry and frustrated with a lot of the people around me. And I really acted like a victim in my life. And I said things like, you know, my mother made me come over to help even, you know, I didn't want, even though I didn't want to, I couldn't come to dinner because my boss made me stay late. Uh, I was in a good mood and then my partner came home in a pissy mood, so it ruined my night. I used to talk like that. I used to say all kinds of things like that. And, you know, I could obviously go on with ways that I blamed other people for my unhappiness over and over again. And in the end, it's because I didn't hold boundaries with these people. In the end, it was because I wasn't saying no. I was actually outraged that people would even ask. I can't believe she asked me to help again when she hasn't even asked so-and-so to help, you know. I would be outraged. And you might be listening right now, ducking your head a little, feeling a little embarrassed because you're thinking, oh my God, I do that right now. I feel you. I love you. I get it. And you got to get real about what that is. So that that is your boundaries. <laughs> that is you. That is your responsibility. That is you not being clear about what you will and won't do. It's not about what other people will and won't ask or will and won't say to you. That It's not never about that. I 
you know me, I always want to control everyone. I want to control you right now. I want you to <laughs> want you to listen and make your life better. <laughs> Just because I think I'm more altruistic now doesn't really matter. I'm still, you know, we all know I'm still a control enthusiast. That's why I speak so kind of emphatically to you and all that. I get it. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm self-aware, mostly self-aware <laughs> of, you know, my issues. <clears throat> Excuse me, sip of water. But the, my, my bigger point, I guess, is that today in my life, I say no often, and I'm so much happier. <clears throat> I keep my boundary often, almost all the time, my boundaries, and I'm happier. What I've learned in these last couple of decades is that saying no actually makes me vulnerable, which makes me more real and accessible to the important people in my life, okay? I want you to really hear that. Saying no makes me more real and more accessible to the important people in my life. Yes. So saying no has improved all of my relationships. Of course, most notably the relationship with myself because I know I can keep myself safe now and I didn't before. I didn't trust myself before. And I've become happier and more satisfied in my life in general. And again, this podcast isn't just about me. I'm using myself as an example as I, as I try to be vulnerable with you and show you that it's not about perfection. But this is what I teach to my clients over and over. This is what I see in, again, almost 40 years of working with people directly. This is the game changer. <laughs> this is when people's lives turn around. And instead of being a victim to other people's moods or their actions or their requests, which generally leaves you feeling resentful, misunderstood, and unappreciated. The idea is to become a proactive partner with others, which leaves you feeling connected and peaceful. And I know on the, it sounds so counterintuitive. You're like, I'm going to ruin my relationships. I'm going to get fired. Uh, my boss, my mother's never going to speak to me again. I know you think this is true. And in all the years I've done this, I've never found it. How do you like that? I, I haven't found it. It hasn't happened. I've had people quit the job, not get fired. I've had people cut off the mother or limit contact with the mother, but not the other way around. These people need you more than you need them. I mean, that's the bottom line. And they just like the way it's been. So they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep it that way. What I've, again, come to learn in almost 40 years of working with people just like you, with you, is that boundaries is the answer to all the questions you've been asking. All the things that make you unhappy, all the struggles you have, all the questions you have, boundaries is the answer. If your question is, how can I feel more connected to my partner? Boundaries. If your question is, how can I uh, improve my communication skills? Boundaries. Uh, if you're asking, how can I be happier in my life? Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. How do I take control of my life? You guessed it. Boundaries. How can I feel less anxious or depressed? Boundaries. Okay. How, how can I find more balance and serenity in my life? Boundaries. How can I feel less overwhelmed and turn off my inner critic? I, I, boundaries. The answer I'm telling you to any question you ask about how to be happier are better skilled in some area of your life is to have and hold your boundaries. If you're upset 
it means you need a better boundary. And I want to <laughs> I want to reiterate that. If you're upset, you need a better boundary, either internally, a better boundary with yourself, or externally, a better boundary with someone else. And if the other person is upset when you show when you draw a boundary, it means you should have drawn the boundary sooner. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. It means you should have drawn it sooner. And I will tell you that, and a lot of you have been asking, and I've been talking about this for almost a year now. I've been, I first mentioned my boundary book last November, I think. And there was a whole thing with getting it published and with who and the editors and all that. And I will tell you that I, I have finished the, the second draft of the book. It is with an editor as we speak. So as you're listening to this sometime in September, it is even probably back from the editor and um, I'm working on final things to get it uploaded and ready and to, to, to sell to you. And it is, I'm so proud of this book. It is everything you need to know about boundaries. And I mean everything from what they are to my three-step process to doing them to uh, what uh, troubleshooting, you know, what happens when people can't take no for an answer and when they're passive aggressive and when they get angry. And I mean, everything is in there. Everything, everything I've ever taught <laughs> and more is in the book. So I'm really proud of it. It's a lot of great information. I, I think it's very different than other books that are out there. So I'm hoping you can have a copy in your hands within the next two months of listening. That's my prayer that, you know, as a hopefully as a Christmas gift to yourself or someone else that this year in 2023, that you will have that book. And I'm hoping even earlier. So I'll keep you uh, posted, but I'm, we're all working, me and my team are working very hard to get that done. I've been promising it a long time and I'm sorry, I got, I had long-term COVID things back in uh, early to 2023. It really just, pushed so many of the things that I was promising and wanting to do. And I was thinking of doing a membership before I got COVID the last time. You know, there was a lot of things I had to change as I focused on my physical health and my mental health. And, um, but I'm, you know, I really, I'm really in a good place. <laughs> I have a lot of energy. So we're coming back. So, uh, and, you know, until then, there's if you search boundaries on my website, you'll find all kinds of stuff. So in the meantime, you can do that if you want to up your boundary game. But the book is coming soon. I'm really excited. And if you haven't already gotten my Be Happily Married, even if your partner won't do a thing, I'm showing it on uh, YouTube right now <laughs> if you're watching the video. <laughs> if you haven't got my book yet, you know, get it. Amazon number one bestseller. I don't want to say, but I do. Yes, I do want to say. I do want to say. Uh, really proud of that book still, and um, it'll certainly help you in a lot of ways. All right, number two, focus on making yourself happy. So this is closely related to number one, but I um, I want to separate it out because it is time to understand that your happiness isn't about how other people act. It's not your partner's job to make you happy. It's not your mom's job to make you happy. It's not your best friend or your coworker's job to please you and 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 you know put you in a good place no it you should make you happy and in fact you are the only one who can make you happy everything else is just a temporary fix and you know what i'm saying is true because your partner has said how much they love you and how committed they are and the next day you're questioning it your boss gave you a great review at work uh, but now you're worried, um, it's a week later and you're worried about getting fired. You're, you know, I, it, it's fleeting. It doesn't, it's a temporary fix. It doesn't stay. It's 
it, it's incredible. It is an inside job. It is so common for us to say things like, you know, um, oh, she drives me crazy or he made me so mad because despite all the stuff we know, we still think it's possible for other people to make us feel things, right? To make us feel things. And it's, it's not. Eleanor Roosevelt famously, you know, I think her famous quote is, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. But I really have always said that this line should be, no one can make you feel without your consent. In other words, and again, I'm not talking about little children who are getting sexually abused. Don't come for me in the comments. Give me a break. You know, anybody who just takes one thing out of context that I say and takes it in a way that is clearly not how I intended, I don't have any patience for you. If you're sitting here listening and you're just looking to be the devil's advocate, please go somewhere else. I, I Please, I, you do not need to be here with me. But if you really want to change your life and you want to, you know, we're in this together, you and I. If, if you've listened to any amount of my podcasts, you know that in any of these episodes, read anything on my blog, follow me on social media, you know I'm about the, about the good stuff. So I'm in this with you. I, it, come on. But anyway, so I digress. But I want to say, in other words, other people will do what they do, but our reactions are our own responsibility. It's not their fault that we're angry, sad, lonely, or impatient. It is not their fault. And you can't do that. You can't say, well, you know, uh, well, uh, yeah, I got mad because they they wouldn't stop coming for me. You know, you can't blame your behaviors, your feelings, your thoughts, your actions on other people. But we tend towards this way of thinking. And because we do, it's the next logical step to think that our partner, friend, or sibling, or whoever could or, or should make us happy. You never want to look at something outside of yourself to make you feel happy. And this includes people, it includes food, drugs and alcohol, buying new things, social media, video games, you name it, right? It, other than, again, a brief momentary gain, none of these things do the trick. And expecting others to be the source of your happiness is one of the most common ways we look to you know, outside of ourselves to fix or, or elevate our mood. And so it is time to take 100% responsibility in your life, in your relationships, and figure out what you need to feel, to feel satisfied, to feel confident, to feel peaceful, to feel content in your life. I always say it's an inside job, so stop giving it to people outside the company, right? So if you say, if you say things like, if I had more money, then I'd be happy. I'm not going to be happy unless I have kids. If I change jobs, then I'll be happy. If my partner go, would only go to therapy, then all my problems would go away. Then we'd be fine. Then our relationship would be great. If my partner would stop drinking, then we'd be fine. When you notice any of these thoughts, okay, when you notice any of them, and I know you notice them because you're so mindful after listening to me yammer about it for so long. If you haven't downloaded the Mindfulness Starter Kit yet, hello. And if you have downloaded it, but you're not practicing it, hello. Get mindful and then stop and ask yourself, when in those moments, what do I need to do to be happier or more peaceful in this moment? And then just take one small step in that direction. That's all you got to do. Take, take one small step towards that thing. Okay. Number three of my five is focus on being kind, not fair. And this is inspired by a client I was recently speaking to about this. Um, 
I, I, I've, I, I've said this a lot, but he, he brought it to the surface once again, because he was very focused on being fair in his relationship. And he was feeling very miserable and, and not just fair with his partner, but with his kids and, you know, everywhere work. I mean, he was about being fair. And the problem is that we, when we're focused on being fair, we're focused on scarcity. We're focused on fear. Because why do you care about it being fair? Because you don't want to get taken advantage of, fear-based. If you focus on kindness, can you feel the difference? Focus on being kind. So I, you, I'm trying to, where can I start? Um, there's so much I want to say. So I want to be cogent. When I, I love to cook. There's a good example. I love to cook. You all know that, right? Talk about it all the time. I'm a food pervert. I love my food. I love to talk about food. I love to cook food, the whole thing. My dad was a chef. I love all food, things food. So when I need to get dinner on the table and I'm tired and I, I, and I don't feel like it, it's at these times that I take a moment, just a minute, and remember kind of why I'm cooking a healthy meal for my family. It's because I want my kids to have good nutrition. It's because I want them to feel loved and prioritized because food is my love language. It's because I enjoy sitting together even for 10 minutes and connecting. Now, kindness is about kindness to myself too, not just other people. Okay, I want to be really clear. So I'm not saying I never order in food. I, I'm not a martyr. If I'm really too tired, like if I'm too tired, but as you might know, most of us feel too tired half the time, right? We're too tired to do that. I'm too tired to go out. I'm too tired for this. I'm too tired for that. And it's about where do you find motivation for the things that are important? Because I will tell you that mealtime with my family or even getting up you know, early and having breakfast with my kids and making them something quick to have in their tummies before they leave, um, these are things that I hold in high, high regard. These are things for me that are high on my um, importance plate. If it's not high for you on your plate, don't worry about it. But things that are important to you that have to do with your family, what happens again is when we focus on being fair, I might say, well, then other people should cook and other people should do this and other people should do that. And I'm not saying other people don't cook and don't help. But what I'm saying is I, it gets into that, like it's just such a bad chore and it's so annoying and we forget why we're doing it in the first place like who cares if you really don't care about food or that kind of family time which you are allowed not to i do not judge you then but what do you care about and what is that that you feel too tired to do sometimes and so when we can focus on the kindness and not the fairness it was you know as it comes to other people but even to ourselves it's really helpful so most of the time I stop and gather myself and I think about why, I think about my why when I'm doing something for the kids or for Gary. And for me, it helps to have a mindset of being kind to them. I remember that my kids are going to be gone one day and that day is scarily close. I think I've, I don't know if I've shared Max's birthday was on August 21st and he turned 20. I know my son turned 20. I still have my 17 year old at home, but, and, and he's, uh, in between, you know, he's uh, doing college close to home right now. So he, I have him for, I have both of them for one more year. I'm going to lose them both at the same time. So I'll be doing a lot of crying next year <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> but I try to remember that, that, that there's, there aren't that many days, right? These are the years I have with them and I try to cherish them as best I can. Again, sometimes I don't care. Let's order in a pizza and call it done. I, I got no problem with that. I'm saying that though, if I just listen to my kind of my tired level, I might do that more often than I want to, that I feel good about. And so really getting 
you know, figuring out how to be there with them, how to have meal times, how to do that is high on my list. That's all. So what's high on your list? What are the things that you find important? And again, can you come from this attitude of service or kindness to others instead of what's fair? I do the same thing. You know, I've talked about Gary leaving his hairs in the sink after shaving. He rinses it. He does. And, but it's not to my standards because I'm a little anal crazy. My level of clean is different than his level of clean. And he's pretty clean. I'm not saying he's not, but I, I'm at that extra level. So I often give the sink an extra rinse once a day <laughs> or whenever he shaves. He doesn't always shave every day, but. And I do that with a sense of love instead of annoyance. I do it with this inner thinking of, I love my man. This is a small thing I can do. This is a kindness, but it's mostly a kindness to myself because this is my level of cleanliness, not his. He is doing what he thinks is good. He, he, he isn't ignoring them. He, he's taking care of it to what he thinks is, is great. So it really is nothing. It, and I've timed it because I'm so petty and pathetic. And when I haven't been in a kind mood and it's, it's taken me about three seconds to swish the sink. <laughs> I timed it multiple times. I know I can be that petty. And it adds to the well-being of our relationship. That's how I think of it. Because it, I'm happier. I'm letting it go. It's a kindness to myself. It's a kindness to him. And Again, do not get it twisted. I don't run around after Gary doing everything, thinking I'm so kind, and then dying at the end of the day because I have no time left for myself because I'm being so kind to my family, you know, to Gary and the kids. I'm not talking about that. That is codependency and that is unhealthy and that is not what I'm talking about at all. So again, don't get it twisted. I want you to really listen. So, right, but, but so many things we can get, because I'm talking about kindness to myself too. Loving kindness to me, not just them. It, I'm one of the people, okay? So I'm going to pay attention also to what I need and my needs in a moment. And if I'm having a particularly hard week or, um, I don't know, you know, think I'm sick or whatever, then I also think twice about, is it so important that there's hairs in the sink? Or is it is the meal thing the most important thing I want to do today? Probably not if I don't feel well. Um, or do I want to ask for help? Hey, I really would like us to all have a meal together. I'm too sick to cook. Could you please do it? You know, you could, I know I suck at asking for help. Who else? Raise your hand. Suck at asking for help. Okay. Uh, we should have a support group. But you know what I mean? Like just, just again, hear things in the intention I'm giving it. If you mostly think of kindness in those moments that you're thinking about fairness, you will be happier in your life. So many things you get upset about can be avoided by this simple change in focus. It's, it's leaving the but, you know, but it's not fair attitude behind and moving towards just being more kind. I find there's definitely generally like a tone in most, and this is partnerships, romantic, parents, this is every relationship, that there's sort of a tone around fairness and what's quote unquote right. And that focus really creates, you know, frustration, high expectations, anger, disappointment. And for me, the most damaging is I get really controlling. I get so controlling when I'm focused on fair. And I'm a Libra, by the way. So, I, you know, just for the record, not that I'm that into the Zodiac, but um, it's, I like to think it's especially hard for me <laughs> being, being the scales and all. Um, I, fairness is a thing. So I have to be so careful with it because it makes me miserable when that's all that I focus on. So again, yeah, there are responsibilities and tasks that need to happen in any relationship, 
but I always want you to stop and take a minute and think about what's most important to you in your world. And instead of focusing on what's fair or right, I want you to focus on patience and kindness. I want you to, to think to yourself, do I want to be correct or effective? Fairness to me is, a, is the correct thing. It's not effective. I want you to set an intention of kindness often. And from that mindset, you're going to be more self-aware, more relaxed, more thoughtful. And I'm telling you, your relationships will transform. When you're in a state of what's you know, fair, you're again in that, in, a, in that controlling mind frame. And when the people around you feel like you're trying to control them, they act passive aggressively or just aggressively, or they shut you out or they get defensive or they ignore you. All those behaviors you hate. So if you, you know, when you think about it, when someone is trying to control you, you probably act the same way. You probably act just like they do. So stop focusing on being right and, you know, fair and start focusing on being kind. And again, you got to remember that the key to kindness is also to be kind to yourself. It's not kind to simply do things for others and never do for you. And let me just say this. So how do I know? Because I know you're asking it right now. I know I can read your mind. Isn't that amazing? I'm, I'm reading your mind right now. How do I know, Abby, if I'm being kind or codependent? And I always say it's in how I feel. Okay? It's in how I feel. I know. And it's in how you feel. That's how you know. And I just like, for example, I just mentioned I took a few weeks off from the podcast and from my um, weekly love letter and all these things. And normally I take two weeks off in in between seasons. I take usually four weeks off a year, two weeks off in, um, usually it's around July, you know, when the seasons end. Um, Or I take two weeks off and I take two weeks off in December around the holidays. But I took three weeks this year um, around now because I was feeling especially drained. So I made it three weeks and I really wanted to finish my boundaries book. There were some things I wanted to finish and I thought, you know what, let me just get my priorities together. So, cause yes, I wanna be there for you, but I have to be there for myself first, right? You can't fill a glass from an empty pitcher. I was noticing that when I thought of doing the podcast, I was starting to feel resentful and irritated. It was enervating me, it was draining me. And I was feeling overwhelmed, disconnected. I, it was bad, but you know what? Uh, and so that to me, that's how I'm feeling. So that's codependency. I do, I'm doing this thing for you. This is a service into the world. That's what this is. You didn't have to listen to an hour long, com- you know, 10 commercials while you're listening. People seem to not notice that. Hello. Yeah, I've been offered lots of sponsorships for the podcast. And so far, I still sponsor it myself. I hope to support me that you maybe buy a book or do whatever, but I still sponsor this. And trust me, there's hundreds of thousands of people listening and not everybody's buying a book. So it's okay. I feel so good doing this. I really do. I love it so much. But here I was in a place where I didn't, where I was feeling drained. When I thought of doing it, I was feeling over, I couldn't think of good ideas. Like nothing was coming to me. I I didn't know what I wanted to do. So took some time off. I was like, oh, there it is. And guess what? I think even after a few days just off, knowing I was off, I started to have great ideas. I started writing down, oh, I should do this. I should do that. I should do this. I should do this. Oh, what about that? Oh, let me read this book. Let me read. I read so many books during my time off, you know, that always give me inspiration to come back with you later. I was suddenly having, again, so many ideas. And I was missing you. I was missing you after about a week. I was. I was. 
I, I kind of couldn't wait to get back to writing and recording. And I actually had to stop myself. I was like, no, 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 finish the book. Do what you said you were going to do. And then you can get back to writing and recording. But at this very moment, right now in this very moment, I'm feeling like my usual inspired and excited self because I was kind to me, not just kind to you. When you're doing too much to other for others, to others, when you're doing too much for others, right, aka also known as codependency, you're going to feel resentful, irritated, angry, impatient, hopeless, helpless, frustrated, anxious, the list goes on, right? This is how you know you're not coming from what I call balanced kindness, balanced kindness. I know. So, and I want to say too, and I'm just going to write this down so I remember to link it, the loving kindness meditation that I have on YouTube, um, I'll link to it uh, with the blog post and with the show notes. But um, if you're on YouTube now watching, you can go just put in Abby Metcalf loving kindness meditation and it'll pop up. And that is a great way to focus on kindness to yourself and others. Um, it's research-based, this particular script for loving kindness that I use. And it's been proven, I mean, over and over in the research to be helpful in helping you generate more kind feelings. So I just wrote myself a note so I don't forget to include that in uh, in the show notes. And if people don't know who are listening, if there's anything, I write up a blog post. It's not a transcript. It is a blog post for every single episode, other than if I have a guest on or something. I write up a blog, not the YouTube lives, but for all of these regular episodes, I write up a blog post and it's under relationship tips and tools on my website so that if you don't feel like listening to an entire episode again, you can just go and you're like, what did she say the five things were? What was that? You can just go look it up really quick. Go to the page. Boom. You're in. You could search by keyword. You could, if you're doing it in real time, you can just look for the latest uh, post on that page and you can copy and paste. You can do whatever you want from that. So I do that because I love you and I'm trying to help you really integrate these concepts into your life. So, and it's also helpful if you have someone you're like, oh, I wish my, I wish my heart, my husband would listen to this. And you know, your husband doesn't listen to podcast episodes. Maybe he would read, you know, do a seven minute read on something, right? I even, I think on the top, we even say how, how long the read is. Uh, to help you, you know, you can show it and say, hey, that'll take seven minutes. Can you please take seven minutes and read this? Boom. And you could get maybe someone on the same page as you. So just sharing all that because I love you. All right. Number four, we're almost there. Number four is to focus on feelings, not facts. I know. Focus on feelings, not facts. I'm going to focus on my thirst right now. Hold on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. So... I want to say this well. We connect with feelings, not thoughts or facts. That's what, when I say facts, I mean your, your thoughts. And I, so I want, let me say that again. You connect with others through what you're feeling, not what you're thinking. And the same with them. You connect with them because of what they're feeling, not what they're thinking, not what they're saying to you, not what their facts are that they're giving you. Okay. Whether you're, struggling with someone at work or it's somebody in your personal life, focusing on feelings will always get you to more common, more amenable ground. And what, cause what I generally see, of course, when two people are misunderstanding one another or arguing is that they're each trying to lay out the facts as they see them. Everyone's a lawyer when we are in disagreement. There is some idea that there's a right and a wrong, and I just need to convince you of how right I am. However, this rarely gets you anywhere, right? You know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You might be able to come up with some agreed upon solution, but in my experience, someone is always left feeling mad or resentful at the end because they still didn't feel heard or seen. Yeah, I know. You're ducking your head right now because this is you. You, you. I know. It's okay. It's me too. I do it. I still get caught up in it. One of the reasons I think my podcast, this podcast is successful is because of my ability to show you my feelings and for you to really believe in that and for you to connect with me. I mean, it's been, oh, we're getting, again, it's been over five years now and here I am giving. I've never done anything to make you feel like it's not true and real from my heart. I usually cry on the if you listen to the end, I'm almost always crying when I tell you to have a good week at the end because I'm just feeling my connection with you and it means so much to me. And uh, look, I could cry now, uh, but I won't go there right now. It's when we connect with those kind of feelings, then when I give you information and I say to you, you got to do this, and I'm sort of yelling at you, so to speak, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm being a bossy Jewish mother, as I always say. There's a difference in that because you feel like I, I'm connected to you. You know, I care because I do. And you can feel it. It's the feelings. And then you listen differently. You connect with me. I, I can't tell you the emails I get and the DMs and everything else with people just saying like, thank you. You know, you were the only person. My mother never said I love you. And when you, I'm going to start crying talking about that. I might have to be careful. But I've had people say that. And no one else in my life right now says I love you and I can tell you mean it when you say it. And it's just, oh, 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 you know, talk about. I get so much more from the podcast than you ever do. I'm just telling you right now. This is a selfish endeavor in so many ways. Um, I really do. Anyway, I'm not going to get too off on that. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. It's beautiful. It's good things. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. If, if you stop and focus on feelings in those moments, of in any moment, in any moment, you'll find connection and a more reasonable path forward. 
And the easiest thing to do is to literally stop at any point in a conversation. This is true at work. This is true at home. I don't care who it's with. And to ask the other person in a moment, hey, how are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just stop for a second. How are you feeling right now as you talk to me? And I guarantee you the vast majority of the time, the person will get very, they will stammer. They will get even angry at you for asking. They will push back in some way. They'll be like, well, I'm just trying to explain to you why I need this to happen in this way or why you're wrong or why I believe this. They'll, they'll almost always say, I'm just in something. And your job is to stick, that, so they're telling you a thought again. This is a thought again. It's not a feeling. Feelings are feelings. Mad, glad, angry, sad, shy, content, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, resentful, whatever, right? That's a feeling. Feelings are not, I feel like you should, or I think oh, I just was trying to tell you, you know, those are thoughts. And when you push someone, you say, no, no, I, okay, I'm asking how you're feeling right now. As we're, Jane in accounting, as we're having this conversation, how are you feeling right now in our, in this talk? And Sometimes if someone is so at a loss and they just keep giving me thoughts over and over because this is how bad people are with feelings. They're so bad at identifying them and being able to share them. I will say to them, I'm like, I'm still going to stop you. You're not sharing a feeling with me. Do you want to hear how I'm feeling? And uh, usually they'll say, well, fine. And I'll say, I'm feeling really disconnected. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling dismissed. I'm Whatever I'm feeling, right? And so then, and then I'll reiterate, what are, I'm finding it hard to believe I'm feeling all this and you feel really happy in this conversation, that you feel like we're connected and doing great. So I'm going to ask you again, how are you feeling right now? And what that does is it brings everybody to the here and now, it brings everyone to ground zero, and you will have in a completely different conversation. With your partner, it's even better, with your mom, with anyone else. I mean, work is probably the hardest place to do it, and it's not that hard. And I know you might be thinking, well, it's not professional, that feeling's at work. Oh, give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Of course, <laughs> you're not going to sit and have a, a therapy circle, okay? Again, don't take stuff out of context. Don't go, you know, all the way to the end of something when you're listening to me. Hear what I'm saying. You're going to stop the conversation, this argument that you're having with Bob from accounting. I always say Bob from accounting. I use Jane and Bob. I don't know who they are. I've never met Jane or Bob, but but that's what I use. Um, and <laughs> you're just going to stop and just bring people to the here and now. And that's when people get real. And that's when you connect. And remember, you have to connect to correct. So once you're connected with some feelings, then you can give your suggestions. Then you can go farther. And I always say to the very, very least is to stop and ask yourself some questions, which are, what am I feeling right now? You know, having that metacognition, we call it, where you're feeling, um, this is a result of mindfulness and meditation. Uh, as you're like watching yourself react to your sister, <laughs> going, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really defensive. What am I feeling right now? I am feeling defensive and angry. You know, having sort of an internal dialogue with yourself in the third person, uh, you can ask yourself, wow, what thought or belief am I having right now that's making me feel that way? Remember, we, we, feel, the way we, uh, we feel the way we think. So I would then ask myself, why am I, ooh, what am I thinking right now that I'm so angry at my sister? What's going on right here? Why am I feeling so defensive? Oh, because I believe whatever, you know, and then fill in that blank. And then it's really helpful. Like I might ask myself, well, what else could be true? Well, she's feeling that too. She's feeling defensive and scared. What else could be true? This is the only way she knows how to connect is through anger and impatience. 
um, right? What, you know, what's a better feeling thought I could have right now? You could think, how do, how do I want to feel in my relationship is another question you can ask yourself. Uh, what's one thing I could do or think to create that feeling in my relationship once you answer that, right? All of these things are things you can do to, to shift that energy, to shift that focus back on yourself, right? Okay, good. I, I think I said enough. All right. Number five, we're there, people. Number five, I'm fixing my hair if you're watching me on YouTube. All right. I'm wearing an adorable leopard print shirt on a, I know, it's adorable. I'm just saying it because it is. So if you know want to come see what I wear all the time, come on over to YouTube. All right. I, number five is I want you to focus on unconditional acceptance. Period. When I meet with people, whether that's a couple or an individual, whether that's in a business or not, or, you know, setting or not, it is, gen and well, let me say that. Let me take out the business for a minute. Let me just take out business for a minute. It, this is true for everything, but let me just say that when I meet with individuals, I'm going to start here, with individuals and couples about anything they're talking about in their home lives and things like that, it is generally clear that there's love in the various relationships they're discussing, right? <clears throat> in fact, I would say they often unconditionally love one another. I can see that. What's getting in the way of feeling emotionally close and connected is that they don't unconditionally accept one another. And I have to tell you, unconditional love isn't a thing if you don't have unconditional acceptance. You don't feel it. You don't know it's there. We can know we're unconditionally loved all day long, but if we don't feel accepted, we don't feel the love. And you know it's true because if you, you've definitely experienced this yourself, right? This has come up. There were times growing up, right, and maybe even now, when you knew deep down that maybe your parents or whoever it was loved you, but you were feeling misunderstood and alone. You knew the love was there on a kind of an intellectual level, but you weren't you weren't feeling it on that heart level. So it leaves you with these fear-based emotions and feelings. I, the example I always use is if, you know, uh, someone, let's say a kid comes out as gay to his parents and the parents say, oh, it's just a phase or they dismiss it or I don't want you to talk about that. You know, they pretend it's not there or they outright or like, that's not okay. Or and God forbid, you know, they get really negative. They can still tell that child that they love them. Listen, we love you, but we don't agree with this. I guarantee you, guarantee you, I will stake everything on this. That kid does not feel loved because they don't feel accepted for who they are. So how are you actually loving me? What are you loving? What are you saying you love? What are you saying you love? Because this is a central part of me, this way that I be, that I am. Well, with gay and lesbian, right? This is just who I am as a person. And you're saying you love me, but you don't love me as a person. Like what? That doesn't even make sense. So when we focus on that, when you say I love you, but to someone, and then there's that, but there, uh, it, it, you're discounting any kind of love and you, you need to know that. So, and I want you to love others. Well, let me say it better. I don't, I don't want you to love others despite certain things. I want you to love them, including those particular things. And I've talked about this before, and um, I have a, a great little um, a little love versus fear video I'll link to in the show notes. But 
my my point is that you have to accept the whole package, not just the parts you deem okay. Okay? It's all that person. Gary, you know, I am very enthusiastic about a lot of things. I say yes. Um, yes is like my immediate response to things. And I always have to temper that. And my enthusiasm along with yes and my unwavering optimism can really combine to be not a healthy thing at all, right? At all. <laughs> Hence my working on saying no so much in my life. Um, but when I really want to say yes, when there's something exciting that excites me, I'm not talking about someone asking me to clean up after the party and I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I say yes anyway, those things I'm much better at saying no to, but the things I'm actually excited about myself, like, so when an idea comes in for my business or, you know, oh, you should write a book about this or this, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I want to do all the things and, you know, Gary, Gary and my kids have to, sort of deal with the fallout of that a lot because then I can't do all the things and I'm trying to figure things out or I'm scrambling about something or I'm, you know, making a promise that I don't keep or something. And I, again, I, I work really hard on not doing this, but, but it, it's a part of me and it's hard. Um, I don't want them to get on me every time about it. I don't want them to, to beat me up about it. I want them to, to sort of look at me and be like, oh, oh, we're here again, are we? We're, we're back with your enthusiasm. All right. I love you. I, you know, I love you. I love how enthusiastic you are. I know you got yourself in a hole right here. And because they love my enthusiasm in so many ways. They love it when it's helping their lives, right? They love it when I'm yes, and it's really bringing them to another place. So they got to love it all. They don't get to cherry pick. They don't get to pick and choose the parts they love about these parts of me. And so that's really accepting the whole package. It, you know, it's accepting the whole package, not just the things you deem are okay. And in a work environment, again, I understand it's not about unconditional love, but it's still about unconditional acceptance of your coworker or boss, right? It's still about accepting who these people are and being there. And I will tell you a little newsflash. If you're feeling resentful, angry, irritated, impatient, frustrated, you're not accepting something about the other person. And I also want to say this is really important part of this. Probably the critical piece of this acceptance thing is I'm not I'm not not accepting certain behaviors is different than not accepting the person, than not accepting your partner, mom, or coworker. I'm gonna say that again so you get clear on this. It, not accepting certain behaviors is different than not accepting the person. If you don't like the fact that your partner is someone who likes to process longer than you do, that's a problem. This is a thing that comes up a lot in um, partnerships, uh, you know, that when I work with couples. So the one person won't like that the other person processes, you know, one person's like, boo, 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 I got it, I got it, right? And they're boom, boom, boom. And the other person really has to sit with things and think and ask questions and maybe go to outside resources and look it up and write. If you don't like that about that person, that's a problem. The now, the fact so the fact that your partner takes longer than you to process is something I need you to embrace because it's about honoring the kind of person your partner is. However, if your partner takes so long to process that they avoid making decisions with you altogether, that's a behavior you don't need to accept. Got it? See? I know. And, and this is where it gets sticky. I get it. It's, it's, a, it's not a nice straight line in the sand. I get it. If your partner is doing something you don't like or disagree with, you know, how do you remain accepting? You remain accepting of the person, not the behavior. 
you don't judge or criticize, okay? You don't judge or criticize, but you ask questions because you want to really get to the why of your partner's actions or words. You, you're seeking to understand, right? What do I always say? Don't sack your relationships. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. So when others feel consistently judged or not accepted, they, they're going to stop sharing with you. They're going to stop taking risks, uh, risks in the relationship, right? They're just going to stop. They, they're going to start to hide things. They're going to conceal things. It starts to become me versus you. And that's where we get bad competition and we're not a team anymore, right? It's a shit show, frankly. It gets really bad. So stop trying to change others. I, this is probably the thing I hated learning the most in this world. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to change you right now. What a hypocrite you are, Abby. I know. I'm aware. Again, I'm self-aware. Uh, right? But I can't. The di- and I say this jokingly, the di- yeah, I'm telling you all this stuff, but my, the difference is if you were to argue with me about this, I'm not going to argue with you about it. You, you can take it or leave it, right? I'm not going to argue with you about it. I might ask you questions to find out why this is so hard because I am still you know, wondering, like, I'm curious, wow, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't someone take on something? And you should ask yourself the questions. If you're, if you're listening to any of this and going, no, that's crazy. No, I'm going to take advantage of. No, I hate that. I would ask you to stop and ask yourself, why am I so defensive about this information? Why am I pushing back so hard? Why am I looking for what doesn't fit? And that it doesn't mean you have to change or have to adopt everything I'm saying. It means you're being introspective and reflective. You're being self-reflective. You're trying to understand yourself and make sure that your motivations for pushing back are from a healthy place, right? If someone came to me and, and was trying to make a case that, that you know, pedophilia was a good thing, I'd be pushing back. I, there's no way you're going to convince me of anything different. But I will tell you that I have, you know, in my earlier years of work, I worked with, I did work with, there were pedophiles, there were rapists, there were people doing murderers. Um, there was stuff, you know, people doing things that I didn't understand. I, I didn't have, and I needed to ask questions and to try to understand better what was going on. It doesn't mean that I got to a place where I thought that's a great idea. It means that I was trying to find something there, some humanity, that's all that I could attach to. And I couldn't always, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've worked with some, you know, people in the past that it was very hard to find any humanity, something I could relate to in any way, something I could, a glimmer that I could attach to. But I will tell you that I've worked with like tens of thousands of people and I could, and literally that's probably three people I've ever worked with, maybe five. It is that I, where I couldn't find a glimmer that it's, it's rare to come across those people. So, you know, and again, but I, so I'm not trying to, you know, it, it change people. I'm trying to understand, you know, I'm trying to, to get from that place. And sometimes we can't, and that's okay too, but at least the effort is there. And don't, so you're not trying to change other people. You can change the circumstances of a relationship without changing the other person. That's what I want. That's your boundaries. We're back to number one. That's your boundaries in this relationship. So you can change the circumstances of the relationship and how much you interact and how, what you talk about and how often you talk and all those good things, or if you talk at all, without you know getting all into who they are and who they need to be and trying to change them. You, it's really, you know, it's it's a choice. You have a choice. I, I've 
spoken on here long about my mom and really wanting to not cut her off and the choices I made and what I shared and how often and how we did that so I could have peace in that relationship because I wanted it. It was my mother and I was I, I wanted it. You you might have a relationship that's so toxic that you need to cut it's fine. You need to cut it off. I get it. Do that. Do what's safe for you. But that's again changing the circumstances of a relationship. You're not trying you can't change that other person from who they are but you can protect yourself and keep yourself safe. Criticizing, picking on them, sarcasm, judgment are all part of tolerating something and not embracing it. That's, that's how you sort of know which side you're on uh, with all this. I think that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> I was like, do I have more? No. So that's it. Those are the five uh, philosophies. These are the things I would love for you to be, you know, as you're listening to this in September, September here in the United States is sort of a big month, you know, people going back to school. Um, it's kind of a time even more than January when sort of there's like a new beginning, uh, a new sort of feel, a new, I think because uh, most of us in the United States grew up in the United States. So we're, um, is it most? I don't even know if that's true. I think so many of us uh, grew up here, or at least we're in the school system most of our lives. So we are used to September and starting fresh and having a you know new lease and all that. I, I just think there's a certain thing coming off the summer and coming even um, at, in work environments. I just think so much is around that. So I would love it if you made this the focus, your focus for the next few months until the new year. Like what a way of coming into January, 2024 Focusing on these things, getting really good at these things, really noticing these things in your life, creating these, you know, creating a culture where, for yourself where these philosophies live and thrive, and then seeing what your goals might be come January, seeing what place you're in to create this next level of your life that you would like. Um, I would love for you to do that. That I think would be amazing. Okay. <sighs> As always, thank you so much for spending time with me, for being here. Oh my God, into season six again. I, I kind of can't believe we've had five years. Um, I just can't. Uh, and we just were on good pods. We were just number one in like three categories. It's just, it feels so good um, to know that I'm reaching people and that you're, you know, really getting the information. I hope you're using it. And um, I love our connection. I, I thank you so much. It, um, like I said earlier, I really believe I get more than you from this incredible relationship that we have. And I, I appreciate it so, so much. I love you. If no one tells you this week or this day, I love you. I am here. If you have questions, send them to abby at abbymetcalf.com or go to the Let's Connect page on the website. If you have questions for the YouTube live, um, I'll answer them on there. I've got a bunch in the queue, but if you come on the YouTube live live, I'll, I'll stop, you know, finish what I'm answering and then jump over to you. Um, and we'll, we'll answer your question right there. Even if it has nothing to do with what we started with. So just know that that's true too. All right. Have an amazing week. Be brave. Keep loving yourself and I'll see you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. 
So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymedcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.